Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Whether you're the type who loves to bet on sports or maybe you're only playing for the first time, either way, you need a website that gives you access to all your favorite sports and makes it simple, which is why I recommend MyBookie. That's MyBookie.ag. Sign up today at MyBookie.ag and use promo code DRINKINBROS to secure your deposit bonus up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports. D'Anthony, agents are a necessary in the sports and entertainment world. We just happen to have one of the best to do it today on the show, Mr. Darren Prince. Darren, how are you? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. Are you great? Like, is that, a, is that an agent thing, or are you really great? I'm really, really great. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. I mean, I'd, I'd say 28 or 29 days out of the month, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm great. Who, who's the client list that makes you feel so great? Um, uh, Magic Johnson. We start with him at the top. Hulk Hogan, Chevy Chase, Charlie Sheen, Carmen Electra, Jerry West. Uh, caught up with Dennis Rodman a couple of days ago. He's turning 60 next Thursday. You know, he could be a handful depending on the time of year, but and we still love him to death. Uh, Denise Richards, uh, 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 Oscar De La Hoya. You know, we've got a, a ton of, uh, you know, iconic names that most importantly are great people. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that is quite a roster. Uh, can I start off with one of my faves, Chevy Chase? Chevy Chase. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he's, uh, he, he's an amazing guy. Just as funny off camera. And uh, on any given day, you're hanging out with Clark Griswold or Irwin Fletcher. It doesn't, doesn't matter. You know, he just can't help himself. No, I, and I, 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 we tried to hire him for a movie we did called Range 15, and his quote was so crazy, but I, I wanted to work with him because he's one of my all-time favorite comedians, um, that I was like, we'll, we'll pay that. And they were like, well, it's kind of on Chevy because he's got enough money that he, he doesn't really need it. And I was like... Exactly, exactly. I mean, it was... Yeah, I think most, most of our clients are in that position, uh, thankfully for them. So, um, hey, but... I tell my staff and my agents that when deals get turned down, that they, they've earned that luxury. And when you get them done, it makes it all that much more worth it. It does, but that's it's so much money. Is there any of them that you look back at and be like, man, couldn't you just done that for one day for, for that type of commission? It's, it's always magic. Always comes down to Irvin. I mean, he's just, uh, you know, he's got a billion dollar brand, a massive, you know, uh, conglomerate that he's built and uh but he makes it worth it because when that one when those one or two big ones get done man it's uh i i get now that i live right down the street from his office yeah you know, able to give him a big hug and see him in person that fist found and that incredible uh energy with that billion dollar smile uh you know just uh it makes you realize that it's all worth it because you know we don't just have the opportunity to make a lot of money together we've had the, the amazing blessing of being family together on this journey the past 26 years and you know he was at uh, him and cookie came to my first wedding probably not going to do a wedding again because that didn't work out but it was a great wedding they were uh <laughs> at my 50th birthday party last year their son ej came uh right here at uh, beauty and essex and uh it's just it's just great to have uh you know, that, uh, those experiences and, you know, Terry Bollea, AKA Hulk Hogan, same thing. Yeah. You know, we joke around, he's, he's a rich beach bum and, uh, has, you know, he's got that bigger than like personality and brand and, uh, he's, he's earned that privilege. And, you know, we have to understand it. If I think something's a good fit, my guys know, my girls know, Carmen, you know, all of them, that if, if I think something's good fit, I explain why. And sometimes we, you know, we make it happen. They, you know, they've got enough trust and faith in me. That's something, uh, you know, is well worth considering. Because at the end of the day, the you know, you're always trying to, you know, be a part of projects that aren't just always about the money, but it could just be great for your brand, for your legacy. It could be something very timely and pressing um, in the world. And that always opens up their eyes to look at things differently. You know, I'm glad you started with those two in particular. Let's, let's take Magic Johnson to start with. Um, when a guy has literally a billion dollars, and is one of the most successful businessmen in uh, 
not only Los Angeles, but probably all of California. Because I think a lot of people don't know, uh, Magic Johnson owns like like thirty like TGI Fridays and like forty movie theaters, and it's in the Dodgers. And I mean, you know, part of the Lakers. It's not just uh, you know, oh hey, he's Magic Johnson and he's famous from signing things. Like his business operation is is it's got to be into the billions of dollars. I would imagine you're getting hit up nonstop just for an introduction, like a meeting, almost like a Shark Tank type pitch with a guy like that. It happens all the time. I've gotten so accustomed and good at it, before, you know, scrubbing things out before I even bring it to him or Christina Francis, the CEO. I mean, they know that, you know, there's so many opportunities that just come in and they deal with it every day in his office. And now just at the point, I have to do my own due diligence, uh, regardless of what the offer is, just to make sure there's a mission that's tied into what his brand represents. Yeah, because, you know, even on this show with our guests, you know, we'll have a big guest on the show and they'll say, hey, can you give us Matthew McConaughey's number? We've got this charity. We've got this, you know, great idea, whatever. And you have to say no, obviously. Um, but, mm-hmm. but with you, I, I, I would have to imagine you're just getting flooded with calls like that all day long. Well, e- emails, phone calls, instant Instagram DMs, Facebook messages, you know, me and all my guys and girls that, uh, you know, do deals here. It's just... Uh, it's crazy, and you just have to kind of let them, let them down gently, and say, you know, thank you for the opportunity. Unfortunately, it's just not going to work, or, you know, maybe you know, suggest somebody else that could work within that budget or that project could could work for. But, um, like I said, I have no complaints. It is what it is, and I'd rather have, uh, you know, if I think Hulk's coming up on sixty-seven, I'm going to see him this weekend in Clearwater Beach. You know, Magic turned sixty; he'll be sixty-one in August. It's it's a blessing, it really is. Yeah, and, and with Hulk Hogan now on the other side of that spectrum, uh, going through the controversy and everything that he went through, um, and then that infamous trial with Gawker and the $600 million, do you actually get something like that when you, when you win a, a court case like that? I don't, I don't know exactly what the final uh, you know, situation of the verdict was in it, but you know, he, was, he was successful before that anyway. He was always a very oh, yeah, yeah, smart yeah. businessman, very... very aware of his brand he's the only wrestler in the history of the wwf and wwe to own his own intellectual property and trademarks from hollywood hogan hulkamania hulk hogan the yellow and red colors the black and white uh you know he, he's always you know really um hands-on to this day even if there is a, a, an opportunity he's on the fence he'll make himself available to jump on a phone call with a corporate business partner, which I always love about him because, uh, you know, he's so engaging and he's so um, personable that, you know, he just wants to make sure if he gets in business with somebody, he wants to feel their vibe and feel their energy. It's not just always about the money and the guarantee and how many years in the personal services. He just, you know, he, he's big on people's energy and making sure he's getting in bed with the right business partners. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, with that, I did not know he owned the, uh, the rights to all the Hulkamania stuff and the, and the trademarks. That's really hard to get, especially out of the WWE. Exactly, exactly. So, like I said, I mean, he, he was always super business savvy. I've had so many outlets over the years asking about the settlement, which I don't you know, know anything about. If there was any or what it was, I don't comment on that stuff. But I could just tell you he's a very, very astute businessman and, and you know, really on top of uh, – you know, the proper partners with his brands and, you know, monetizing things and making sure that um, anything that's out there, it's got a great attorney, Joseph Cezani, that always makes sure anything that's unlicensed and whatnot gets removed and comes down to, to make sure that, you know, his fans are getting the real Hulkamania authenticated uh, merch, whatever that might be. Yeah, because it, it is separate. You know, you do have a legal team that is separate from your agency and rarely do those two intertwine unless you're actually doing a deal together. Uh, and then typically the, the agent's got to call the lawyer 50 times to make sure that they're actually doing the work. Um. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, I've worked with Rick Flair for years. I mean, his life when you're great, but, you know, he, he doesn't have those, those marks. I mean, he's got an incredible ability to, you know, be Rick Flair and, uh, you know, so many blessings business-wise. But it, it is really unique that, you know, Terry saw this opportunity. Uh, so many, Terry, a.k.a. Terry Belaya, yeah. Hulk Hogan. Um, uh, and it's it, 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 it's amazing, it really is, because then nobody had the wherewithal to think about that years ago. And when they became available, he took advantage of it. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I know the Rolling Stones did as well, and they were able to trademark all that stuff and own the rights to it, which has made them endless cash forever. 
Um, what do you tell new clients coming in uh, as far as their brand is concerned? Like, do you start with, hey, you, you really need to start thinking about your brand from day one? Um, or is it something of work as hard as you can, and then once you get to a certain point, then start to think about your branding because we don't want it to interfere with the, either the content you're making or, or being the best athlete you can be? I think, uh, like, for example, Oscar De La Hoya, when I met with him at my a business partner, Nikki C, um, back in October, you know, we just had a game plan. We sat down with him and his assistant and his CEO at Golden Boy and just explained to him where, you know, what his vision is and, you know, what opportunities you could bring alongside of, of that vision to, to just, uh, you know, bring him back out front and center instead of this business savvy boxing promoter um, that was also, what, 10, 11, 12 time world champion, gold medal winner. Uh, you know, what does your brand represent and, 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 you know, what are you passionate about? And then we kind of just find opportunities, you know, within that. It's that simple because, again, Oscar's worth a fortune. Does it need to, uh, you know, does it need to just take deals for the sake of the money? It's got to be something that fits into where his vision is and what he represents. Yeah, I don't, that's another one where I don't think people understand how much money De La Hoya has truly made because Golden Boy Promotions put on all of those fights for years and years yeah. and years. Um, and since you brought him up, he said he is fighting uh, June 3rd. Can you confirm that? And, and if so, who, who is the opponent? Do you know? I, I don't know. Roy Jones Jr. is a client. He just did it with Mike. I mean, these guys, you know, you know there's no talking them out of them what they're loving, their real passion. It's, believe me, if it was up to Hulk, he would have wrestled at WrestleMania a few weeks ago. You know, it's just in their blood. They, they, they just can't help. And I think it gets to a point. I, you know, I've had this talk with Hulk and a lot of them that, you know, I think you've heard the expression of athletes die twice, mm-hmm. once when they retire and then once. It's hard for somebody on my side to understand that, I think, for most people, you know. But, you know, Hulk missing uh, being at uh, Toronto Skydome with, you know, 80,000 people wrestling The Rock and slamming Andre in front of 93,000 people. He's like, I'm still treated like the champ on the Street Brother. But, man, you miss that void. You miss that rush, you know, the, the connection with the fans. And I just think that's why all these boxers, these great heavy, heavyweight, middleweight, you know, champions are just trying to give another run at it, you know. They, you know, it's like I said, it's in their DNA that they, they know nothing else. And it's hard to just totally walk away from it. But it's fun. Like, I, I enjoy these fights that are going on. You mentioned one of your clients is Roy Jones Jr. who fought Tyson. I watched that fight. I actually enjoyed that fight. It, there's something they, they, they put on. Yeah, they put on a good show. They really did the two of them. Yeah, that, no that, doubt that was, about it. That was it was a, a lot more impressive than I thought. That was a pretty good show, but these uh, guys that are fighting YouTubers, it's not impressive. And it is clearly all no. about the money, right? Yes. There's no question yeah, it's exactly. about the money. Which is fine, by the way. It's fine. I, exactly. It, money's money. Who gives a shit? I wonder, uh, after yep. looking down your client list, it seems like you have become something of a home, uh, like an island of misfit toys. You've got, some, uh, you've got a cast of characters on your client list here. Uh, Pete Rose... Daryl Strawberry, Jose Canseco, Dennis Rodman, Latrell Sprewell, I mean, Hulk, Charlie Sheen, people like that, might be somebody from a branding perspective that some folks wouldn't want to work with because of their behavior in the past. Now, is it, do you think working with some of those guys makes it more likely that more of them would want to work with you because you don't care about that shit? Or how does that work? No, I mean, a lot of the other guys that we have are non-exclusive, but they're like a perfect example. When something comes in for Rodman, you need to find a backup that might work within a certain budget. <laughs> and then you can look at the, the yeah. other guys that, yeah. you know, they don't just grab every deal, but they're a lot easier to deal with. So mm-hmm. I, I think a lot, and they're, and they're good people. I mean, I don't think any but my office would be rep- representing or working with any of them if they weren't good people. I mean, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes. We all make stories. I'm sure you guys know mine, you know, recovering opiate addict, I was a hardcore opiate addict for 24 years of my life, highly functioning. It's the greatest accomplishment in my life. I'm 13 years sober, and I do everything I can to help touch and change people's lives. So, uh, you know, I don't judge people for making a mistake or two. I think it's uh, not where you're from in life. It's where you're at. Yeah, because, uh, you know, with that client list that, that, that Dan was talking about, um, I, I would think some of these people are seeking them out for the controversy, for the controversy elements of what yeah. they could bring to whatever project it is. Um, you know, we'll start with Pete Rose because he's been on the show four or five times. Pete's a great guy. Um, he, you know, he made a mistake. If you want to call it a mistake, I don't think it was, to be honest with you. Like, when you bet on yourself, I don't think 
I don't think there should be any uh, repercussions on that um, because mm-hmm. you just want your own team to win. So I don't really see the downside in that. Uh, I would want yep. I would want my own coach betting on uh, the Falcons if he was that great, but apparently he wasn't, and, and he was a piece of shit and he got fired. So it is what it is. Um, but Pete is one of the sharpest, brightest baseball minds. I, I think we had him on three or four days ago, and uh, with a guy like that. Um, you know, people want to ask the same story about the Hall of Fame and, and everything else, and you feel obligated to. What's your personal stance on Pete Rose? I think he's a great guy. You know, we worked with him on and off for probably five years. Last time we, we had him at a Dodge dealership in New Jersey, and I think it was the second or third time they hired him. That, that's how much they loved him at that same location. So, you know, when you see that from a business standpoint, and um, – you know, it, it kind of reflects who they are as a person and what they mean professionally on the marketing front. And, you know, I, I just wish they would let him into the Hall of Fame already because, mm-hmm. you know, his statistics will never be seen again in any lifetime. Why not? I mean, he played the game unlike anybody else in that time. And uh, it's the reason they call him Charlie Hustle, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you get the best tickets in the world for all these events, by the way? A lot of times I do, yeah. It's a, you know, I, I think the enjoyment almost is telling a girl that I've been dating the other day because she she hasn't been um has been to a Laker game and she's she saw like some pictures of me online sitting courtside at Lakers games and I was like, you know, be honest with you, when you've done it so much, it, it, it's it's a cool experience. When smoking Joe Frazier was alive, I sat at every major championship fight ringside with them. Um, you know, even Jeannie Buss and Linda Rambis are near and dear to me. They've given me courtside tickets. It's more. I think when I get there, it's about who's around me, who I can network with uh, more than even enjoying the game. It's just in my blood. I can't help it. I just I'm looking all around and see if there's anybody that I've done business with, trying to do business with and um, you know, take advantage of it. Because when you're down that low and you've got that ability, I, I don't want to sit there and be zoned into a game for 60 minutes. Not that I don't watch it, but um, I think you got to take advantage of, uh, of those experiences a little bit, too, to, to help grow my, you know, my agency. Yeah, yeah, because all look, all the heavy hitters are down there, and uh, you know, if you're there and you have that opportunity, you might not get to talk to these people. Because let's face it, you're trading calls all day, and then you end up rolling calls, and then boom, the next thing you know, it's five fifty nine. Every agent's getting ready to go out the door. Uh, I, 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 t- I, yeah, I took a girl that I was dating last year, and um, Jeannie and Linda really hooked me up. I actually at center court. Uh, at the Lakers Toronto game. It was in November of 2019. And um, when security escorted us there, uh, Maver- uh, not Maverick Carter, um, who was it? Uh, Rich Paul. Oh, yeah. Uh, LeBron's, LeBron's agent. agent was sitting in the middle, sitting in the middle seat. I met him once with Magic. Uh, he vaguely remembered me, shook his hand, exchanged information. He was actually talking to, uh, oh my God, who, who, who was one of the big producers? It might have been uh, Bruckheimer that was sitting next to us. And, uh, got up and it's just one of those things he got up they sit behind the basket uh lebron's team and uh again if i wasn't in that moment at that time you know got to take advantage of those opportunities i worked my butt off you know 26 years not just working for talent but you know if if you're shy and you don't put yourself out there like that i mean how are you going to grow in any business you know think about it you always have to put yourself in the best spot to network and, and take advantage of the people around you that normally you know, you wouldn't get to me because I'm pretty sure, I mean, a lot of people know me, but if I'm sitting second row behind the basket or something, it's a lot harder for me to get in front of people um, to be like, oh, wow, that's Darren Prince. They don't know me that well. So when I'm down in, in that situation, you know, every time I've been to ring, you know, sitting ringside at fights or, um, you know, World Series or, um, you know, I've been to the MTV BMA Awards several times, you know, I think that's that's key just to, you know, take advantage of as much as you can and know that you're not going to be around this environment, you know, every day for your, you know, the rest of your life. So do what you got to do then and hopefully live the rest of your life with a real successful career because you took an action when you were meant to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially those VMAs during those commercial breaks is when you make your, make your moments there, but <laughs> trying to get yep. to people. When you see someone like a rich Paul, who is a young guy who is, you know, the, the superstar agent at the moment. Is it like a, like, like a, an older athlete looking at the younger guys going, God damn it, man, I wish I was you and I could do this journey all over again. Have you enjoyed it that much? No, I mean, I, I, I just, you know, it's kind of like just 
mad respect for those guys. I mean, Scooter Braun's a friend of mine too. And uh, I, I love what he, you know, what he's done, what he's accomplished. It's beyond epic, you know, what he's built with his brand and conglomerate. And I just, you know, look at them. I'm not a person that, you know, is ever in resentment or jealous. I'm proud of them. I mean, these guys took platforms that I didn't have growing up in the industry and just took it to another level. And it's cool because the, the respect is so mutual, too. Yeah. You know, they, they know what I've accomplished, what I've done, and they all have such mad respect for me and my talent that I represent and, you know, even more so for my recovery journey, because I'm so out there talking about, uh, you know, the hell of drug addiction to beauty of spiritual recovery. You know, I did Jay Shetty's podcast two months ago and he had Will Smith on a few days before me and just was in awe when we were done. He goes, you know, brother, your transparency is incredible. This is going to help so many people. So I think for me, as much as I'm respected, uh, you know, in the, in the aging game for all the iconic figures I've worked for, I think the fact that I've, you know, embraced my personal struggles to help other people has taken the respect even higher around these other power players in the industry now, because let's face it, a lot of people aren't open to talk about struggles like that in life. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, I didn't mean, uh, I, I just meant, do you wish you could go back, you know, and start it all over again? Like, did you love being an agent that much that you're like, man, I wish I could do this now because there is so many different opportunities for branding and digital, um, even like crypto shit that's going on with the trading cards and all that other stuff. Like, do you, do you wish you were in this time or the time before? Because uh, you know, starting up now, I look at all these wild opportunities of somebody like a like a Rich Paul, for example. You're able to sell these NFTs and do these you know these weird movie deals that really didn't exist uh, back in the day. I mean, none no. of this did. The internet, social media didn't exist. You know, back when you when you got started, do you look at it now and be like, holy shit, this is such a massive landscape that we can exploit? Like, man, I wish I could just go back in time a little bit and hit all this right now. Yeah, we, you know, we, we've laughed about it. I laughed about it with Rodman over the years. Can you imagine if he had social media in the mid-90s with everything he was doing and, <laughs> you know, how much bigger some of our guys would have been? I mean, Dennis would have just pushed the boundaries to no end. And, you know, obviously Hulk in his heyday back then. And, you know, a lot of these guys, it, it just would have been epic. But, you know, it, it's interesting because a lot of the social media branding deals, digital commercials, digital partnerships, we're still getting them. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. I think most of our, I think my, I think most of our talent was late to the game in social because they never understood it. When you're financially established, when you're not slowing down, but when you're like, I don't want to do everything I used to do. I'm getting older. Um, they're, they're still getting these opportunities. I literally had a call with uh, Julian, Larry Bird, girls. Been with, I've been working with them for 27 years for a big NFT project last week, and you know I've got one on the, you know, ready to go with Hulk, and you know trying to find a perfect partner for magic and Carmen Electra just launched one on Friday um, with my boy, David, uh, his, his, he's got a big group out of Canada and, you know, said so they still find us. Yeah. But yeah, I, I look at the dollar increments on it. Um, and a lot of it is direct rid- derivative of their social media following. So if they weren't so late to the game in social or social didn't come so late after, you know, the twilight, you know, the prime years of, of, of their career, yeah, the money would have been much more staggering, but it's still nothing to complain about it. it, it there's still you know, major, major opportunities for almost each and every one of them. Yeah, not at all. And like, I, you know, it was one of those things where uh, we had Brett Saberhagen on the show a few weeks ago. Brett Saberhagen is one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And throw, he him. throws, you know, seven innings, at, at, like every single game. And I, I had asked him the same question. I was like, man, you, you're kind of like Clayton Kershaw. You're the only person who goes deep into a game. You never really gave up any runs or any hits. How much would your contract be worth now? And he was just like, man. It probably would have been like three hundred million dollars. Yeah, you get a you get a fifteen to twenty million dollar year contract now for having a four ERA and winning fifteen games. <laughs> yeah, I know it's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, they're just giving. They're, they're right, giving. It's, it's it's interesting. You've even got like Brett Saber again. You know this whole NFT craze. I think there's an opening for everybody. My boy Ryan Faderman, who who reps Pete Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I sent him something a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, "Man, because it's crazy all these NFT offers." And I, I just like I said, they still find a way to find the legends and the icons and the pop culture phenomenons. Uh, so we benefit one way or the other by it. Yeah, Ryan, Fitter, uh, Ryan Fitterman's obviously a good, good friend of the show. Um, we've done many, many jobs with him. Uh, he's with Pete's 
Uh, he works with Pete Rose, Mike Tyson, all those other guys. Yep. We love Fitterman yep. on the show uh, and Fitterman Sports. That dude's the nicest guy on the planet. Um, love, love him. We've been done business for years. We're like brothers. He, he, he always calls me, uh, sends me a text. That I'm his mentor, but you know, he's done so much of it on his own. I'm so proud of him. Yeah, great guy. Great guy. Dan, you just took a call a couple weeks ago for these NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, the money is staggering. Do you think that's the, the, the future of this? I don't know if I would say it's the future. It depends on how it, uh, it all continues to develop. I'll say this. It's, it's kind of the fruition of the creator economy, and the blockchain is going to continue to play a big part in that, whether it's a decentralized Internet or the ability to create your own content and then monetize it into the future. It's, uh, it, it is very similar to old-school network television residuals, um, but this, in this case, not only do you own the IP, you also own it into perpetuity, and any transaction made on it, you get money from that. So it's something like we've never seen before, and what it's doing is removing money away from production companies and what I would call, particularly in the music industry, more so the mm-hmm. television predators yeah. that have existed for the last ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like all the, um, all the old record producers that tricked... Uh, <clears throat> Southern, particularly Southern and Motown black stars into signing contracts where they got none of the money that they generated and stuff like that. Th- those are a thing of the past now. Right. So you can really control your own destiny. And I know I, I see all these older celebrities now, like a, a, a lot of the, whom you represent, um, figuring this out and, and instead of being better about it, getting involved, which is probably the correct response. Like who, what, if you're going to sit around and bitch and moan about stuff that's happening now, when you can take advantage of it, then that's kind of on you, to be honest. So it's good to see some of these people getting involved in this shit. Yeah, and you take a guy like Pete, uh, Magic, all those other guys. If well, because Pete p- makes his, all, most of his money signing autographs. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So why the fuck would he not make an NFT of his image or an autograph or something special and sell it for $3 million? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, we had the Gronkowskis on, and they were talking about going through that process with, uh, with, with Rob. Mm. And, uh, you know... It's weird because we got to hear it on the show, the pitch. You got to see kind of what they were shooting behind the scenes, and then boom, it comes out, and then it sells for $1.2 million. Yeah. It's crazy. Dan and I used well, to have original, to open up baseball cards yeah. with, with gum in it and try to hope well, that, for the- that, that, That's why I'm so fascinated by because I had one of the um, biggest card companies in the mm-hmm. 1980s that I eventually sold old prints of cards, and I got back into cards last August as an investor big time. And to me, I think it's a domino effect and a little bit of a collaboration of crypto meeting the mm. sports card boom. And that's why the NFTs are exploding the way they are right now. Like, you know, I'm very close. I believe Craig Bolcom uh, mm. uh, introduced me to Rocky at Artifacts, mm. and there's nobody bigger in the game yeah. and the I, biggest in the world. He's, he was doing NFTs five years ago before yeah. anybody even knew about it. Really? And, it seems uh, like Gary people... Gary just did his drop. Yeah, yeah, Gary B did his drop with him and um, so many others. Mark Cuban's an investor. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, I think the, the Rock's one of his partners with the production company. And I've learned so much in such a short period of time. And he gets the kick out of what used to happen in the card market, what's happening with the grading now. And right. um, it's just a perfect storm. Yeah, you know, it, it really is. It's, and, it's and, interesting and how as the long as the celebrities and the athletes don't get greedy, I want to mass produce and mass produce those specific celebrity entities mm. and brands will, will, will sustain their value. Well, it's inter- really will. It's interesting. You say that about greed because people who were uh, careful about how many things they signed back in the day when the uh, secondary market for signatures was so far out of their reach. Um, yep. were considered greedy at the time. No, that's a smart business. You want to create a demand for your product. Anybody would do that. That's market goddamn economics. So now, uh, I mean, Matt, 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 Magic signs a ton of autographs. We have an exclusive with uh, uh, Press Pass Collectibles in right. Arizona for the past three years. I can't even tell you how many he signs, but um, you know they're very careful with how they distribute the products they come up with. And you know, I started with Magic booking autograph signings. Mm-hmm. That's how our relationship started in 1994. And you know, he always told me he goes, "This is just." Um, a, a byproduct of what's to come he goes, because the bottom line is it's the relationships that we get and we'll start finding bigger marketing opportunities right. because yeah. of this and they nailed it. I mean, everything you said was right. Yeah, and it's uh, the other part about, I, I honestly think from the, from the consumer side, I personally feel like just like getting an autograph in person, people are more likely to go to a baseball game and seek out an autograph or go to a signing event where the person's actually there. I feel like they're more inclined to purchase something like this when they know that the artist, whomever they happen to be or whatever genre they're from, whether it's an athlete or an entertainer, uh, is getting yeah. the money. 
Like people don't like the idea of big conglomerates ripping off talented people because it's been such a part of American culture over the last, what, 80 years now. Mm -hmm. And it's, well, shit, more than 80, I guess, probably 90, about 90 years. Uh, I personally, I feel a lot better about that. I feel a lot better that uh, the secondary and tertiary markets for these things are now going to be still feeding revenue back to the person that created the revenue in the first place. That's a, that's a good yep, model exactly. for everybody. That's like buying locally. You know what exactly. I mean? It multiplies the, uh, 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 the, the reach of the revenue at the lowest possible level, which is always a good thing in market economics. So I like this stuff. Exactly. I'm, I'm excited to see where else it's going to go. I wouldn't be surprised to see some pay-per-view events that are NFT where you, you know, uh, uh, you can't, you can only watch them on a specific platform that you have to download. And then the NFT is, or the platform is built on the blockchain and shit like that. It's going to, I'm really excited to see where all this goes. It's going to get there from all the technology and everything I've learned from Rocky. Um, Mm -hmm. It's definitely going to get there. You know, it's going to be, and then you can bid on that video clip, whatever it might be. That's a one of one. Yep. of a certain nft moment on like whether it's a pay-per-view or whatever yeah. it might be and you now you have something that's an original digital piece of art that's encrypted and can never be reproduced again yeah if you're uh one of the paul brothers for example and you happen to uh i don't know knock out floyd mayweather which is probably not going to happen but you happen to do it and you own <laughs> and, and triller owns the license to that content you nft that maybe sell 500 copies and and start the betting process and see what happens. Right? Well, I, I, I think with the way fans are looking at the Paul brothers, I love them. I think they're great, but I think more people are going to want to see Floyd lay him out. Cause either way for a lot more than, than if, the other way around. Yeah, right? If you're Logan Paul and you get knocked out by Floyd Mayweather, I would sell that NFT and retire. Cause you will never need another dime. The rest of your fucking life. And, and it's an honor at that point. You got lit yeah. up by one of the best ever do it. Well, by the shot, you have the balls to go in. Yeah. You have the balls to go. You have the balls to go in there with them and yeah. make it happen. You know. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it, it, I just I enjoy seeing. Look, I think the Paul brothers are are ridiculous human beings, but they're not stupid. You know what I mean? And we keep, I lo- we I keep love talking them, about I them. them our, I, I love them from a marketing standpoint. Yeah, exactly. I think Same. they get it. They, they, yep. They're laughing all the way to the bank. Mm-hmm. I don't know them personally. My boy Bear is my social media partner at our Newport Beach Bear and the Honey Group, who's very close to both of them. Tell me they're great guys. I never had the opportunity to meet them. But, yeah, I mean, they come up, obviously, like, pompous asshole jerk-offs. But reality is I love what, what they're doing on the marketing front. It's, it's genius. Right. They're laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, yeah you love are. a good. It's like you always say, America loves a good heel, and they're yeah. playing. I mean, they're playing the best heels in America. The right most now. consistently popular sports. Ha, 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 yeah. And Hollywood Hogan was just as good as the yellow and red Hulkamania. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, so it's, it's heels the, do work. The, yep. the most uh, uh, consistently effective marketing athlete of all time is the professional wrestler by far. Not even close. Nobody's yep. had. There's, there have been no dips. Like there have been uh, some, yeah. there have been valleys on like the WCW side during the split when they were competing for market share and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But that competition actually made a better product on the WWE side, so it worked out in the end. There haven't been, like with hockey during the strikes, huge fall off. Ninety four in baseball, again recently uh, in baseball after the steroid or rel- more recently in, during the steroid era, there's a big drop off in fan base. The NFL and NBA have seen it because of whatever reasons. I don't know if it's the quarantine or if it's because of the political activism or whatever it is. Wrestling, combat sports in general, fighting and wrestling, you don't see any dip. I mean, Canelo's still making $40 million to fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's, nobody gives a shit about boxing, apparently, but Canelo's still making $40 million to fight. How? Because that's not true that nobody gives a shit about boxing. People want to see people Crazy. get knocked the fuck out. Yeah, and they want to see superstars, and Canelo's still a superstar. I think you're, you're down to kind of four or five in boxing. Well, Canelo fights a guy that's undefeated and says, you haven't fought anybody. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. Everybody's like, whoa. And then he <laughs> comes out and fucking whoops his ass. I mean, yeah. that dude, honestly, we were at that fight. Saunders won one round, I think. Maybe. I think he won one out of the seven rounds up until that point, and he clearly wasn't winning in the eighth. Yeah. So, it, 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 some, some people gave him two rounds. I, I didn't think so. I was, I was keeping points, but maybe I missed something. I don't know. But either way, he got he, an undefeated guy that absolutely dominated. Yeah, right? yeah. But there's That's only, there's like only a see. handful, whereas, you know, the WWE is, is always creating starts. Always. Roman Reigns, all those guys. It's just The Rock. John Cena, yeah. like it feels like there's always one guy. Like, it seems like out. it seems like traditional sports are wary to to wade into some of the controversial matchups. I don't know if you remember the '80s in wrestling, 
they had like the Iron Sheik. That was my era. Like that. Yeah. Right. Like there's, I, a, there's Nick, an Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like why, why would we, it's obviously entertainment. We don't hate fucking Iranian people. There's fucking Iranian people in our government right now. And he, he knows that. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everybody on, everybody yeah. on board knows it. Like you, one of your guys is Hacksaw. He's married to my cousin. So I've been seeing this dude since I was a child. Uh, you got Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, we got a little Hacksaw in the desk. Yeah, I haven't spoken to him in a while. I, I know at one point he wasn't doing well, but he seems like he's doing okay now. Hulk just better. saw me, told him like two weeks ago. He was he was at the beach shop, so it was nice to hear. Sweetheart of a guy, great yeah, guy. Yeah, he's he's like the nicest guy. He gave my uh, he gave me a, a pair of signed shorts that he not the ones that he wore in the ring, but some of the type that he wore in the ring, and I believe it was a size sixty three. <laughs> which is uh, basically two of me. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Was it really a 63? I was a child at the time, and I, had no, I didn't know how big it was. I didn't, or maybe it was a 53. I think it was a 53. Okay. I, didn't reala- I didn't realize how big that was until I, now I'm an adult. I wear like a 34, 33, 34. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. This is a very, very large man. But he is, you're right. He is like the fucking sweetest dude ever. And so are all those guys. Uh, uh, are, for the most part, Wrestler, wrestlers and boxers are the yeah. nicest people in the they world. Don't like yeah, Irish Mickey Ward is my guy. I was with Mickey Ward yeah. about a month. I mean, these guys have the biggest parts in the world. But They're Mickey's so a tough sweet. motherfucker so too, nice. right? So it's like a it's a weird yeah. it's a weird thing yeah. to think about how. And The Rock's the same way. He's a fucking he's one of the nicest guys, hardest working, nicest guys in all Hollywood. People gave him. Some I stuff. sat next to him. I sat next to him at the Tyson Lewis mm-hmm. fight. Me smoking Joe Frazier and uh, my boy Nicky C and was just as sweet back then and i think it was right after he wrestled yeah. hulk uh for wrestlemania yeah. and just the most cordial nicest is, yeah. humble but he's also really good hear. at pulling other people into his business deals so one of our what so we have chuck liddell on our network as you know and adam ray his his co-host on the show icebreakers is uh he plays mcmahon on the new show the yeah he plays Rock, vince right? mcmahon so <clears throat> Uh, the rock just texts him out of nowhere all the time. Hey, how you doing buddy? And stuff like that. Like Adam's a good dude, very talented dude, pretty accomplished, but he's not anywhere near the rocks level, obviously. And the the messages are unbelievably positive. Like his positivity is, is amazing. That guy. Yeah. Um, And he's always like, I'll tell you a story. When I, when I signed magic as my first client for Prince Market group in 1994, he told me that, it's not how successful he becomes. It's how successful he makes me and everybody else around me. That it's a domino effect. Uh, it is. So it he is. understood that. He understood that long before anybody else did. And, you know, fast forward to here we are 26, 27 years later. Yeah. Look at what he's built. Yeah. It was, you know, I, I've always tried to do the same thing. And, and The Rock is just a gem because it's obviously what you do. You just bring people with you that are no part of that team. And what LeBron has done with Rich and Maverick is beyond incredible because, you know, that was something that even goes against the grain. Magic always used to say, don't hire your friends, but yeah, I mean, yeah. these guys are, these guys are doing at an epic level that, that, that we'll probably never seen again. And they're, they're geniuses. They're, yeah, they're, they're it's, an incredibly talented group. You the, know? I, the idea has been around for a long time. I mean, the labor movement in the late uh, 19th century coined the phrase, a rising tide lifts all boats. And even Augustus, when he was uh, emperor of Rome knew that you had to strengthen the lowest possible class to build a foundation of a society on. Right. So that, that is, that's basic marketing. I don't understand why people don't understand that being selfish. And if, especially if you're the head of a brand is the, it it will put you in a death spiral so fast. It's it's a, it's a nice place to be. Holly Saunders, who I'm near and dear with Mm -hmm. and one of our newest clients from last year, she's crushing right now with her content, golf projects and different things. And she literally has her own team of seven or eight videographers, photographers, makeup, makeup, like the hair, the clothing stylist. And she's brought them all into this world that they never would have had. And she's absolutely destroying it. She's doing her NFT shoot this week. It's something really hot and sexy. And I can't be around other people that it's always about me and I, it's it's gotta be about we and us. And, you know, people understand, if if, if people understand that we and us is, is key, it's a team. You know, I've got my girls here, Matilda and Julia, that are like my lifeline for personal stuff, business stuff. Like, you know, I've never been one. They'll tell you when I close the deal, I'm great. This is amazing. No, I I make sure that everybody knows. I've got five agents back in New Jersey where I'm originally from. And everybody knows this is a team effort, whether I took a deal from beginning to the end, somehow, some way, 
you guys have freed up times, you've freed up my ability, you made my life easier so I can go out there and be Darren Prince and get the bigger opportunities. I'm yeah, nobody sure. special. You well, know? I mean, it's all a human civilization up until this point, up until the last hundred years maybe, has been about developing a strong central core, whatever it happens to be, whether it's your family, uh, your tribe, a city, country, uh, a relig- whatever it is, it's anything. Somehow we've gotten into a me culture, and I think it was probably happened sometime around when television was created, right? And people started to see themselves on it. And now you can put yourself on it with this device that you have in your fucking pocket all the time. Now, this, is, this is a yep. very useful tool, right? But like every tool, like a nuclear weapon is a useful tool. Nuclear energy, I, mm-hmm. I would say, is a useful tool, but there are devastating consequences if it's used improperly. I would say yep. we really got to start paying attention to that. And it's, and it's less about... It's less about focusing on yourself, like you said. I mean, we and us, it's... My, one of the things I say, and I've got this on the wall in my house, actually. It's one of the first things I see every morning when I wake up. And it says, this is not about, or it's not about you. That's my ethos in life, basically. It's not about yeah. you. If you sit around thinking about yeah. yourself all the time, then you're just going to fucking blow your brains out at some point. You know what I mean? It's just well, guys, happen. when I wrote my book, Amy High, there was a lot of two and a half years ago. You know, if there was crickets even for you know, a person or two that worked for me. My mother, well, you know, how can you know, go out there? I'm so proud of you. But I said, because it's not about me. I said it's about me delivering a message to help change and save lives because if I could touch one person that lived the hell that I lived but I didn't want to live anymore the last years of my life and you know Magic said it to me some th- uh, three weeks ago and he's just beaming with the smile because he just knows what I do on a personal level and he goes you realize that you continuously get favored tenfold because of what you're doing to help people and I know you're not doing it for that but that's how spirituality that's how God that's how our higher power and people just don't get that. It, it's not about what you can attend. It's what you can do for others. Take and give back personally and professionally. You know, give people the opportunity of favoring them when they normally wouldn't have had it and uh, at any other period in their life. And that's how you win. Well, that's what that's being, how you win. That's what being an agent has to be all about. Like, if you're if you're an agent and you're in the me game, you're gonna fucking lose big time. Darren, you're an agent. You know, I got to pay for this show somehow. You can get your clients ads for years. Uh, first and foremost is killcliff.com. Promo code drinking bros gets you 20% off and free shipping on these cans. It is amazing. Uh, they've combined into one. They've combined forces. They've become their own Thanos. My personal favorite that will be my end all be all is the Killcliff CBD. I love it. 25 milligrams of CBD in every single can. The Flame and Joe is out. Not only is it available in CBD with 25 milligrams in it from, from Joe Rogan, um, but it's also an Ignite drink as well. And uh, I think there's only like 15 calories in that. Uh, but me personally, where my money goes to is the Killcliff CBD. I love it. The grape is my jam. I like to mix it with drinks. I like to get loose on the weekends. Uh, go to killcliff.com today. You get 20% off anything in the entire store and free shipping, which is a huge deal because the shipping on all this stuff is the costliest. Uh, go to killcliff.com today. Promo code drinking bros, 20% off. Next up, we got mybookie.ag slash drinking bros. We are gambling, kids. Got a lot of money on it. I know uh, Fake Dan and Giorgio are, are covering the fight this weekend, UFC 262. They'll be betting heavily on that. Uh, tune in for, for their picks on this. And, uh, and that's where all of our bets come from. That's it. You, you put 1000 in, you get 1000 back. MyBookie.com. Uh, I'm sorry, MyBookie.ag slash Drinking Bros. I think we got our own fancy URL now. Uh, is giving you... A matching deposit up to a thousand dollars. So if you put a thousand in, you get a thousand back. Put a thousand in, wake up with two thousand in your account. It's that easy for the existing customers who are out there who are like, "Hey, what the fuck about me? What about me? When is it my turn?" Now it is. DB10. Use the promo code DB10 on mybookie.ag/drinkingbros and you get just a free ten dollars to bet on whatever you want. You got some playoff uh, NBA coming. You got uh, the PGA Championship coming up. We got the UFC coming up. A lot to gamble on. Go to mybookie.ag slash drinking bros today. Last but not least, 
is ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. 30% off everything in the entire store. Do it now. I just got off the phone and I just ordered uh, the, the 3D Matrix, dude. I got it. I had to. I had to get it. Got to know what it is. Uh, a little pricey. A little pricey, but it's well worth it from what everybody says. That's why they got that 36-month pay-as-you-go program there. So that way you can knock it down to like 30 bucks a month and you're good to go. Uh, and that's, uh, that's what all the, all the kids are doing. Fake Dan just did it. I'm going to do it. Uh, and I'm going to throw in an adjustable base as well because I lost that in the flood. And uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it today. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today and get yourself a new mattress set. Yes, and, and you've got to be willing 100%. to switch uh, and pivot into these new mediums and be prepared for anything. I mean, uh, speaking of which, we got some breaking news here. Uh, Hollywood has canceled the Golden Globes for next year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. By the way, they, the Hollywood has a contract, or Hollywood, CBS has a contract to spend $60 million a year just on the licensing rights for the Golden Globes. Uh, yeah, NBC, yes, correct. NBC, rather, yep. sorry. But yep. what... There's no, it may be that they still have to pay that and they just don't want it on. Now, my understanding is the reason they canceled is because they're not keeping up with these social reforms that everybody else is required to. Like Correct. I, but I, it it really seems like ratings, doesn't it? <laughs> Maybe they're just trying to avoid further embarrassment. I mean, what was it? 9.6 9, 9. million for the Oscars? 9.6 for the Oscars. Uh, Golden Globes was, I don't know, hovering around 7 million. Yeah. Um, man, that is, uh, that is a crazy, crazy story. Uh, they said they're hopeful to get it on in 2023. We'll see. I, look, after the last award show, I mean, after the Oscars, you and I were talking about it. I, like, those numbers are not good enough to be on air anymore. Um, no. What do, you, what do you think is, is, is going to be the future of all of this stuff? Are you even going to have I mean, award I, shows I, anymore? Honestly, I think a lot of it could just be streaming. I mean, it doesn't make sense. They're not even getting the advertising support, you know? It's just... Uh, there's yeah. so much now that's moved to streaming than television. My ex fiance has got a TV. She's got no, tells me all the time, it's big flat screen. She does Netflix. And I know a lot of people that don't even have basic cable or TV anymore. They just go up there and they'll watch stuff on YouTube the next day or whatever. You know, it's not, I don't think of what it once was when I was growing up and even 10 years ago. It's just, it's just different now. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think that's part, the streaming part is absolutely part of it. People want to see, look, it's that, that is a meritocracy, by the way. When one uh, modality uh, uh, outplays another one, that is just a meritocracy, and the viewers will ultimately decide what they want to watch. That's certainly part of it. And I think to that point, people are tired of being browbeaten all the time by politics. I think people should be as engaged as they're comfortable with in politics all the time because politics is how we decide how the fucking world around us is going to work. However, people need to tune out as well. Just like there's a principle in education where someone can only actively study for about 30 minutes at a time then you need to take a 15 minute break it's called recall exactly. right? so you got to take a 15 minute break and then come back and you can start to study again and it, may, it helps your neural channels just like fascial tissue and your muscles have to have yep. to have time to rebuild and if they don't yep. they never can we have been inundated 24 hours a day whether it's award shows hollywood fucking sports whatever it is with politics 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 all the time and people don't have a time to take a breath and I feel like mm -hmm. it is starting to show itself in the bottom line now. And I don't know what the plan coming out of this is, but it seems very self-destructive on the part of Hollywood mm -hmm. and professional sports to continue to shit. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because is that something you discuss with your clients? Like, are we in an era now where politically you have to sit down and say, all right, here's what you can and can't say. You're, obviously, you're your own person and you're going to do what you want. But if you do say this or do choose a side, it's going to nuke out 50% of any audience in the United States. Uh, the reason I asked this was um, I went through the same thing uh, in 2015 with an agent. Uh, I, I had a big, big agent. And uh, he said, look, man, uh, you're hanging out with these guys who are known for like guns and everything else. And I think that's going to be bad for you. And it was just like, eh, I'm, I'm actually going to do what I want. And I'm not going to take that advice. Um, do you do the same? Absolutely. I mean, especially when it comes to political, I think most of our talent is to just stay away from it. You can't win. Can't win, can't right? Win. There's, yeah. There's no way. You're going to, like you said, you're going to gain half or and lose half the others or vice versa. And, you know, who needs that? So uh, now if there's certain stances or things that are going on where 
I, I think other celebrities have come out, then you can be a little bit more flexible with, uh, you know, basically watching the climate and the temperature and what's happened with that individual. If it's not something too over the deep end, then, you know, kind of leave it up to them what they want to do. Right. And but, I think some but, people but you do have that conversation, right? But don't be the first, but don't, don't ever be the first. Well, unless you're a mega, like, you know, the New yeah, like Charles Barkley, for example, talking about how ridiculous some of these movements are. He can say whatever the fuck you want. You, yep. don't, you don't need to coach Charles. On, and yep. Shaq is the same way. You don't need to coach no. Charles or Shaq. They have carte blanche to say pretty much whatever they want because they've lived those lives yep. for a very long time. Yep. And they're pretty well respected. I mean, I, 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 see it, I said this before, but I never thought in my childhood that in my uh, when I turned by the time I turned 40, Charles Barkley was going to be a thoughtful social commentator. That was I something know. that I did not predict, uh, but <laughs> yeah. it's become that. But I think it, I don't know. I don't know if you need to be careful. Like Chris Pratt is a good example. He's had to be very careful about what he said over the last two or three years now, even some of the stuff he does just yep. because people want for whatever reason. He is the nicest, most likable, thoughtful and generous dude. He's rock 2.0, basically. And. One of the kind of he's working with a buddy of ours on that new series. So our buddy Jack Carr wrote the books that he's working on with that series now. Nicest guy ever. But every chance someone gets, and I don't know why, I honestly can't figure it out. They try to take his ass down, whether it's for hunting or going to church, which I'm, I don't give a fuck about church. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. care. I, I don't believe in any of that shit. But he's a nice guy. He doesn't fucking go out hating on people. So leave him the fuck alone. But a guy like even a, a mega star like that still has to be careful about what he says. Yeah, politics That's, and religion are still a, still a go-to either very, way. It's very bizarre to me. It is, yeah. You know, I, 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 I've worked with Muhammad Ali and Joe Fraser for 16 years, and their heads would be, I can't even imagine, I think about it all the time, where they would be right now with everything going on. I mean, it's just crazy. It's, n- it's nuts, right? You know, it's crazy. With, it's crazy. Uh, with Muhammad Ali, we had his wife on the show uh, a couple months ago. Uh, just to change gears here, um, you know, he's obviously passed away. Do you hit up the family and say, hey, we can make some more money off of, you know, NFTs and the legacy and all that stuff for you? And as, is that becoming more and more of a thing of celebrities? I, I life represent rapes? the Joe Frazier. I, I, yeah, well, well, the, the evil can evil estate we represent. Uh, evil was a client for many years. Mm-hmm. So I did, we, we deal with his son, Kelly. Um, Smoke and Joe Frazier's estate. We deal with the kids. Um, the Ollies, we don't because abg owns them but i know tyler i know all those guys super super well so if there's projects and collaborations with ollie frazier um you know lonnie's amazing too like a way way back with her i had the blessing of uh you know uh, escorting her and, and muhammad to joe's funeral which uh, i know he really wanted to come and he was in pretty bad shape uh and beat up over it and you know it's just been a we've had a very you know good relationship over the years harlan warner is one of my dear friends brought me into the ali inner circle when i was probably 25 and pushed me to go get joe as a client because he's like someday we're going to get these two kings together and it happened in 2002 in ali suite and then i sat courtside with him at the nba all-star game the next day (laughs) which was remarkable yeah that's amazing i just watched a doc on uh the photographer who actually took those photos of the two of them together and you know he was like look I wanted to see them yeah. together one last time and have a, an image of these two guys before, you know, whatever happens, happens. Because let's face it, you can get those guys in a room once or twice, and that's about it. That's it. But, yeah, they, they really did. They hugged it out, and there were happy, you know, happy tears and emotions. And uh, it was just beautiful to see. I was so young back then. I was 32, so I don't think I fully understood the magnitude. I knew it, but I just... Uh, yeah, it, it, what an incredible blessing to be uh, to be there in that moment and then sit center court with them the next day at the NBA All-Star. You can see everybody from Alicia Keys, Jordan, Kobe, and uh, Allen Iverson. Everybody was just like, wow, they just couldn't believe this was happening. And uh, they were cut from a different cloth, man. They, they were the two greatest ever. They will never be an Ollie Frazier again, ever. No, no. I, I can't imagine what not. it would be. I mean, they, they, it, there have been attempts to replicate that. Um, no one was around when Lennox Lewis was fighting that was competitive enough with him. No, I was, and I was at that Tyson Lennox uh, Lewis fight you were at as well. I was, I was there and I thought, I thought that was close with him. Um, but, but Lennox was such a freak. He's like the LeBron James of boxing, man. He was so big and so fast. And physically nobody, gifted. Yeah. Nobody was oh. going to fuck with that guy. And now, I mean, look, we've, I, I think the closest we've seen 
lately is probably uh, Triple G and Canelo, right? But those fights have been like the boxing world is a little bit cancerous. They've got all these different belts going yeah. on, all these competing yeah. interests, yeah. and the refs have been problematic in some of these fights as well, particularly the second one, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. The, the one, the matchup right now that's really, uh, that I'm really enjoying is, uh, is the Dodgers and the Padres, to be honest. I think that's the best rivalry in sports right now, and I want to see more of it. I can't wait for the fucking playoffs. I can't wait for September mm-hmm. for them to play meaningful games against each other and then the playoffs. That's going to be right. I think there are, this is one yeah. of those times where two teams, the, the Dodgers are a little bit older with, with uh, uh, Kershaw Turner and some of those guys, but it's two relatively young teams. They both have a bunch of young stars that are playing against each other in a very competitive division, and this is going to be a fun it, – one, it's already been a fun baseball season, but that's going to be a fun fucking playoffs uh, series. If they're in the NLCS against each other, that's going to be one of the best NLCS of all time, I think. Maybe. It's going to uh, be like Red Sox-Yankees back in the day. Could I, be up there. I hate the rule changes myself, so I'm a little turned off by baseball right now. But uh, Well, there's no seven-inning doubleheaders in the playoffs, my man, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, but you're still putting a runner on second in extra innings, no, right? Not, oh, they get not rid of play- that? Not in the playoffs. None of that stuff happens in the playoffs. Okay, so that's just for the regular season? Yeah. Thank yeah. God, dude. Thank God. It's just to make shit go faster, but again, that's... I disagree with that as a premise, although I don't. I, I think putting somebody on first is probably a little more apropos, but whatever. Anyways, that that's that's really getting to me. But in the fight world, it seems like you've, you've Tyson Fury, you've Wilder, you've Canelo. Con, yeah, but then it, but to but, me, a jo- Anthony Joshua, and then it ends for me after that. Like Pacquiao and those guys are even, too old. Even if you look in UFC within the divisions, and uh, Giorgio, who is editing right now, would be able to speak more to this than I can. But even within the UFC, within each weight class. There's not a whole lot of competition for the belt with any weight class. I would say Chandler fighting for the belt this weekend is probably one of the closest. Mm-hmm. But who's going to take out John Jones at light heavy? Nobody. He's going to move up. Right? Yeah, yeah. Who's going to take yeah. out Usman? Who's going to take out, uh, you know, it, it's, we'll see, right? We'll see what happens. But I don't see, we need faces and heels. Yes, We yes, need yes. people that half the, te- half the viewers like and half the viewers don't like. Now, we were watching Canelo and Saunders. Every time Saunders' face popped up on the screen, 35,000 Mexicans yeah. inside that arena booed him like I've never... It, it was... We, we talked about it this there, Hey, did you see the final attendance? It was 73,000. Yeah. So we've been to two Conor McGregor fights, and usually there's about five to 10,000 people from Ireland that are there, raising hell, having a good time, supporting their guy. Um, even if he loses, they still support him afterwards. I've never seen anything oh, yeah. like this. I've never seen 35,000 people from one country specifically rooting for their countrymen in a fight like that. And it was electric. I mean, it was wild as shit. Well, the, let's face it. We're right near the border. So, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty quick... Texas does have a large, <laughs> and you know, they could, they could accomplish this in, in Southern California as well, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe not to this degree. Te- Texas loves its, uh, loves its culture here. So I'm sure it probably they made a good decision to it in Dallas. Yeah, and I, and I look, I hope there's another Ali. I want to see that big personality, that huge excitement. That's that's what I, I get down for, and that's why I love like Conor McGregor and those guys. I love the big personalities. In your opinion, who's the biggest of all time? Looking back at it, well, it's obviously Ali, right? Ah, uh, w- would it be Ali or Jordan? Ah, uh, you're muted. Ah, uh, you're you're muted right now. Having a little bit of technical difficulties. Uh, the guest is muted. Any, is that any better? Yeah. Yeah, any there better? you go. Boom, boom. Nailed it. Um, just dropped. So, you know, I, I'd say Ali, mm. you know, just and nothing against Jordan. You know, he's a great guy. I've met him. I've said his Hall of Fame induction. Dennis, you know, introduced him several times. I've met him through the years. And his team's incredible. SD, you know, David Falk and mm-hmm. what they've done and what he's done. But I just think Ali didn't stop inside the ring. And that's why what Ollie did outside the ring was greater than anything he ever actually did inside of it. And he just, you know, he's a champion for the world and he stood up for so many social issues and uh, just didn't care. You know, I think the fact that he, you know, was stripped of his license. I think that whole story is just so incredible and lost it for three and a half, four years during the prime of his career. And, um, you know, everything represented, you know, I started working with him in 94 and just seeing the struggles with the Parkinson's, but always wanted to get out there and meet the fans, be around them, didn't want people feeling bad for him. Mm. Um, you know, he stood for just so much and, uh, you know, we'll never see another one. Like, I mean, really is the greatest. There's you no, know, just, you know, forget what he did inside the ring, outside the ring is, like I said, I think he, he, he far surpassed any accomplishments, uh, outside the ring. And, you know, for that reason, it's, 
you know, it's all Lee to me. I mean, I think uh, hands down, I don't think it's close. The only other person that would probably come close would be Kobe, I guess. Somebody that had the attitude off court as well. I'd, I'd say Jordan just because he did a lot of so much marketing. Yeah, I mean, but he didn't Nike he and, didn't market. Sure, yeah, Jordan, I, Jordan's the only one that would be a close second. I mean, I don't no, think Pele Jordan did a whole lot of... Up, I think Pele probably could have been up there. You know, Pele was such a revered name in the sports world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I'd probably say, you know, in that order, in my opinion, Ollie, Jordan, maybe Pele. But a lot of Jordan's, uh, uh, a lot of what might have made him a heel to people. I think if he had been mic'd up during all of his shit talking back in the 80s and 90s, people who are not Bulls fans would have disliked him quite a bit. You know what I mean? Because that's the yeah. kind of thing that makes you dislike somebody. Kobe talked a lot yeah. of shit. I mean, he and Shaq had a very public feud. Yeah. Right? Uh, Jordan, yeah. The, the only real public media war that I remember from Jordan was him and uh, Byron Mitchell. Or Byron, uh, da- what's his name? Uh, the, the, yeah, Byron Mitchell, yeah. yeah is yeah. it Mitchell? Yeah, I think so. The guy from the Jazz? Yeah. Russell. Oh, Russell. Russell, Byron, Byron Russell, Russell yeah. yeah. Yeah, he called yeah. him Brian Russell, on, and he, then he was like, oh, you mean Michelle Jordan? Said, like, dude, everybody knows who Michael Jordan is. Yeah. Relax. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah. that's, yeah. like, for the most part, until afterwards, and the story started coming out about Kwame Brown and how he just ran this dude into the ground, and then how he had actually done that, like the story about him and the Steve Kerr situation came out later. Mm-hmm. Turns out Jordan mm-hmm. was kind of a dick, but it was a very effective form of communication for him to win six titles and six uh, MVPs. I didn't see yeah. a lot of that out there. Kobe was a little bit more, I mean, he's younger, right? Yeah. The, the, but, older, but the older generation didn't tolerate a lot of the stuff in the press. But as far as a global superstar, I, oh, well, no I, one's, I, I'm, I'm with you. I go Ali, yeah, yeah. I go Jordan. Pele is weird for me because I'm, I'm not crazy into soccer however i recognize that you know the rest of the world is except for for me apparently well if you're talking about global it's hard to it's hard to compare anybody to cristiano ronaldo or ali or jordan right those three ah yeah ronaldo is is definitely he might be top five i was i looked at his instagram the other day it was something like 200 million or 300 million followers i'm like that's and that's that's only entire country that's only a function of Soccer being more ubiquitous globally. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think today, if Jordan was playing today, after all the work they've done over the NBA has done overseas, it might be, it might be his brand might have been even bigger today than it was back then. If he just shoot yeah, the three, true, yeah, true. I mean, yeah, honestly. but imagine Ali fighting. But imagine Ali having social media back in the sixties. Oh, just 70s. constantly talking <laughs> shit. He's got like a great. full. I mean, he's fact, got a full videographer team. These, these young kids don't know. Um, and when the girl's been hanging out, she's young, she's 24. I'm like, you realize all this hip hop stuff you love is because Muhammad Ali created hip hop. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any OG from the 80s will tell you that. You know, any, <laughs> any one of them, it all came from Ali. He was so right. influential in so many other ways in just boxing. Yeah. Didn't, uh, I mean, yeah, Ali talked a lot of shit about Frazier specifically for a while. Well, everybody, but everybody did, fought. Isn't there some scene where, I, I can't remember exactly how it went down, but uh, Frazier was a little on the down and out and Ali helped him out or some shit like that? Or was it the reverse? Other way around. The other way around. Other way around. Yeah. Other way around. So it was, Frazier uh, helped out Ali. Yeah, because I, I was part of that documentary, One Nation Divisible with HBO. Mm. Yeah, uh, Ali couldn't pay his hotel bill. Butch Lewis got a call from one of Ali's guys and uh, Joe went to the hotel uh, went to went to the front desk, paid the bill, had Ali get in his limo, put a few grand in cash in Ali's pocket, and um, they joking around about the big fight happening, helping him to get the license, and Ali just got out right in the middle of New York City to get dropped off and just starts taunting Joe, and that's when it started. You know, I'm going to get you, Joe Frazier. I'm going to whip you, Joe Frazier. You ain't nothing but a gorilla. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. calling, and Joe didn't understand it because Joe wasn't a marketing machine. Joe was right. there just to fight, and a truth machine and blue collar, you know, blue collar, and just didn't understand. Like they're in the limo. I remember because Butch was alive, and I met him, and I heard the story. I heard the story from, uh, you know, Eddie Futch when you know long before he passed. When I got to meet him, Joe's trainer, and they said they just couldn't. They were scratching their heads, like, "What's this guy doing? Like, where is this coming from?" Did like, he ever figure it out? Because, because ultimately, yeah, it probably Joe, made I mean, Joe a lot of money but, on but, the back but, end, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, Joe, Joe kind of. You know, Joe kind of realized he, he would always tell me once in a while he was a little bit, you know, it was a little bit his mind was going a little bit the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, he'd repeat the same thing just out of nowhere. Hey, Prince, I still don't understand, man, why the damn butterfly. I forgive him, but why did it have to keep doing all that stuff, man? We had every fight sold out across the world on closed circuit, on closed screen. And 
He goes, I just think you pushed a little bit too far because when my kids have to get harassed and my kids can't go to school, that's where it becomes a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, you've been amazing. Um, this is the point in the show we get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helped you become the person you are today. Who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to? Uh, my late father, Martin Prince. Would Made you- me everything I am today and saw me at my worst, even though I had all the exterior business success, but was blessed to have a sober son for eight and a half years before he passed. That's awesome. Uh, I'm glad he got to see it. Yeah. You know? what, what did he do? My dad was in the direct mail coupon advertising business, similar to Valpac. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the last five, six years of his life, the old business I used to be in the autograph signing, he loved it. He kind of did that, like, in his retirement. He had the best time of it, hanging around different athletes and celebrities. And he just loved the merchandise at eBay and auctions around the country. So, um, yeah, he had a really good time with it. He wanted to get involved in the agency side with me. I love him to death, but <laughs> it just got to a point where – he would tell me that, you know, it's amazing to see the student now becomes the teacher. Well, <laughs> if you work in marketing, I, that's Dad, I love you. I love you for helping me with the advice of all but let's keep it there because Dad was an old school Jewish guy that liked to talk a lot. And I think his style never would have worked in the agency again. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, look, I don't know if you have social media or want to promote it or anything else, but uh, where can people find you? So my Instagram is at agent underscore DP agent, just like it sounds A G E N T um, DP. Um, And anybody wants aiming high books, we send out free hardcover books all the time for people that are struggling out there with this pandemic, with stress, depression, substance abuse. And if you want to check out the business side of things, it's www.printmarketinggroup.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Hey, this was a, a really fascinating conversation. Thank you for your time today. We know you're an extremely busy man. For D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is Drinking Bros Sports. Good night. Thank you guys for having me.